Hello, everybody, and welcome to Garage Days at Gwinnett Tech. I am your host, Robert Bauman, the Program Director of the General Automotive Program here at Gwinnett Tech. What is Gwinnett Tech? We are a two-year college located just outside of Atlanta, Georgia in Lawrenceville, and we offer 140 different programs besides automotive. So as I like to say, if you have a taste, we have a flavor. If you want to find out any more about the programs that we offer here at Gwinnett Tech, please visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. There are links to all of the programs that we offer as well as the automotive. And you can message me or email me directly through the links on the college website. If you are a new listener to our podcast, hopefully the description got your interest and you're curious to find out about the automotive industry through the eyes of an educator and an educational facility. If you are a returning listener, thank you so very much for the support. Hopefully this means we've got the hook in and you're looking forward to future episodes. This episode is titled Females, Positive Addition to Our Industry. Well, it's no secret that being the automotive industry, being what it is, this is a male-dominated industry. Historically, females have always made up a very small percentage of active technicians, and we're also seeing that in the educational side. We have a very small contingent of females in our college taking automotive courses and trying to be a technician. In the general automotive program here at Gwinnett Technical College, females consist of 1% of our student enrollment. We have 265 students going through our program, so 1% is really rather small. Today, we're actually going to talk with one of those students and get her perspective on not only the automotive industry, but coming back to college. Guest that we have on our show today is Amber Treadway. She is in the automotive diploma program, but is going to be switching to degree. And yeah, she checks a couple of boxes for a non-traditional student. Not only is she a female in a male-dominated industry, but she's an older student, and she's older than a lot of our students coming in who are fresh out of high school. So I think hearing how she views coming back to college and how she views this industry is going to be very, very interesting. So Amber, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you today, but... Tell us, share with the audience, I mean, what made you decide, of all industries that you could go into, what made you decide that you were going to go into automotive and possibly make that a career? Automotive for me has always really been a dream. It's just like a calling. I I would really say my destiny. Following my dreams is not a concept that I was familiar with. It's not something that my family, that we were taught in my family to follow our dreams. So if I like really reflect back on, you know, what what gained my interest interest as far as the automotive field, I would probably have to take a look at my father. He was very um, mechanically inclined. He always worked on all of our family vehicles. And then also I had two uncles. They um, had cars in my grandma's garage, some older Camaros, 1960s, and they were always working on those. If I really think like when my mind changed and I decided this is what I want, um, it's a funny story actually. I, um, I owned a 1996 Chrysler New Yorker and I needed to replace the rear drum brakes. And I decided this was something I was gonna do on my own. And it was an adventure. I don't even know where I came up with the tools to do the job. And I had no experience, none. 
So, you know, I start taking everything apart and I do both sides at the same time. And, you know, now that I have experience, I know that's not something you do with drum breaks because you need to be able to compare one side to the other. So I take, I get everything apart. That's the easy part, right? And I I go to start to put the um, brakes back on and I'm unable to do it. And the truth is I didn't have the proper tools. I didn't have, I could not get the retainer springs back on. I did not have the spring compressor tool and the whole job, it turned into a complete catastrophe. I'm pretty sure I worked on that brake job for about three or four days. I lost parts, I gave up, I probably cried a few times and eventually I had to call it quits um, and have it towed to a shop. So it was like in that failure where I was unable to do what I had set out to do, I decided that I will, that I will be able to do that on my own. And, And that's when I started following my dreams to become an automotive technician. Hey, it's funny you say that about the drum brakes because I know when you had brakes here, whoever your instructor was pointed out that, you know what, everybody carries a phone around nowadays. Take a picture of it and never take both sides apart. But hey, you know what, that was a good learning experience. You learned from it and I bet you moving forward you won't do the same thing again. Well, you have to understand and you have to know that once you do get out into the industry and you are working amongst other technicians, you are definitely going to be in the minority. Uh, You are probably going to be one or two other females in the shop. Sometimes you may be the only one. Knowing that and also not necessarily in a bad way, but knowing how sometimes men can view women in this industry, did that give you any second thoughts? on taking this path and pursuing this career? All right, that's a very good question. And when I think about it, I I do not feel like a minority. It seems kind of crazy for me to say that, but as far as me being a woman in a male-centered industry, I don't really think twice about that. Now, I suppose if you would have asked me that question 10 years ago, the answer would have been completely different. That's because I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago. Um, I, I didn't have the confidence. I was insecure, nor did I have the realization how big all this is for me. And by that, I mean like following my dreams and, and doing what I, what I want to do. Today, I can see my worth and I, and I understand that I am just as deserving of this to be a contributor to this industry as anyone else, regardless of my gender, race, or beliefs. I understand life like this, and this is my experience. It's like, it's only the risks that you don't take where you know, your dreams cannot come true. But I was able to, for myself, to muster up just enough courage and took just a few small steps towards following my dream that this became a platform for me for opportunity and growth. I can't turn it into I will, so there's not anything that's going to stop me for, from that. Okay, so we addressed the fact that, yeah, you're a minority demographic in the industry itself, but I said at the beginning that you actually checked a couple of different boxes for being non-traditional, one being the female in this industry, and the second one being an older student coming back to college where, let's be honest, the majority of our students in class are fresh out of high school. So coming back to college like that, what, what, how do you feel about that? What surprised you? What challenges did you see versus the last time you were in school? I was caught off guard when I entered back into college a little over a year ago because I had expectations. I'm thinking here we are in 2020, like 2020. And my expectations were that women were here, are here to take over in so many power positions that could have never been imagined 20 or 30 years ago. I knew in my heart that there were going to be at least a few other women in my class. Well, I was taking nighttime classes and when I entered, there was not even one other female student or with me. I had a little disappointment with that. I really expected to have a class full of mixed ages, learning along side me. My perspective on that is here we are in like a community college. It's like it's where a place where 
people from many different backgrounds come and take on a new education. I'm 34 years old and there's a few others that are in the same age range as me, but I'm far outnumbered by guys fresh out of high school. But I've kind of taken, I've kind of taken that judgment outside of my mind and, and, and just the thing about it is we're all in the cl class. We all have similar goals in mind and it, that brings a, about an, a, con a connection between all of us. And to go beyond the obvious observation of appearances, young, old, female, male, we are tomorrow's technicians. That is our objective, and we all have equal opportunity. It's just dependent on the effort we are willing to put forth. All right, well, we've covered your perspective on being in the industry. We've covered how you're viewing being back in college. But now that you've been here for a few classes and you've kind of seen how cars have changed, maybe since the last time you worked on that drum brake system on that Chrysler, what's your thoughts on automotive technology? Is it more than you were expecting, more than you anticipated? Does it appear to be more technologically advanced than you knew about? Yeah, absolutely. This is a very good question because when I first decided that I wanted to work in the automotive industry, it was, the terminology was a little bit different. It was maybe in that transition period where we were changing from mecha mechanics to technicians. And I, I wanted to be a mechanic. That's where my dream started. I was going, going to be an automotive mechanic. So here I am in the late 1990s, realizing my interest and all this transformation is taking place. So I go through a time period where I'm not really involved in the industry. So I can't really completely grasp how much technology is truly taking over. So we'll fast forward to around, I guess, 2018. I had my first opportunity to work in a shop. This is when it hit me. And I had to ask myself, what have I gotten myself into? Because technology is a totally different learning experience outside of mechanics. And I proceeded anyways. I, I, I knew I had to continue to follow my heart. So I got enrolled into college a year later. And the first class I have to take is electrical. And it was in that semester that I learned and knew that this was a totally different ballgame from what I had originally intended. Thank you so much for addressing the whole mechanics slash technician thing. If you've had me as an instructor, you know that I dock your points if you refer to yourself as a mechanic. Because while that may have been true a number of years ago, as you're seeing now and experiencing firsthand, not only do you have to be a mechanic in the sense that you understand the automotive technology at a very basic level, but you also have to understand fluid dynamics, you have to understand hydraulics, and most importantly, you have to understand electrical and computers. So now you're in school, you're taking some classes, you're getting exposed to this technology. What did you not know about cars that has really made an impression on you so far? So the most impressive thing to me is when I started learning about the engine. It, I am so enthralled by how the engine works. It is such an ingenious concept. It's so simple yet so intricate. I just, I, I love learning about the engine. It's funny how uh, in one sense engines are so simple and they really haven't changed since the beginning, but yet how this simple device works to power a vehicle, I agree with you. It is kind of fascinating. So what usually happens is when you come through the program here, we help you get a job where you can work as a entry-level technician. Most students will start out in an express lube, changing oil, doing very basic inspections, air filters, topping fluids, things like that. And then the normal progression is to work your way up to a line technician. After you become a line technician for a little while, then you can become a full you know, shop foreman type mentor technician. 
you're going to be possibly going through that experience. So how do you think people are going to view you in that position? You know, other fellow co-workers, maybe customers that you may have to, you know, integrate with or talk with. And what are some of your expectations for that? I know spending some time as a technician is a common starting point for everybody in the industry. In my opinion, almost necessary to have a true understanding of what everything is about. Plus, it's really like a, a good starting point, a must, I guess you could say. For me, it's like in the actions of doing things that I learn the best. Yes, I'm in school and yes, we are learning a lot of valuable information. I can't really grasp all that until I start putting the action and doing it over and over that all these concepts start making sense. As far as how pe will people view me, I haven't really ever thought about that. In this moment, if I were to answer that question, I hope they view me for just as I am. Hardworking, always seeking growth, and looking for an abundance of learning opportunities. I have a deep desire to be part of the change in this industry, in this ever-growing industry. Now, my, my expectations, I try not to really have any. I almost cannot foresee what it's going to be like because my experience is so little. All that I do know is I will be able to be a person who doesn't like stand around and be told what to do. I will be always seeking opportunity and the ability to advance, learn, and succeed. All right, whenever you get into this industry, you know, we all have a long-term goal. Yes, we all say coming out of trade school that, boy, I'm just going to I'm going to be a technician and I'm going to work my whole career as a technician. But sometimes we find out that that's not actually possible. My story is is much the same way which I shared with our audience. Um, due to some physical limitations that I had as a result of my time in, in the Army, you know, bending over a car for 10 or 12 hours a day, sometimes it just, it, it got to the point where it was more pain than anything. So I had to think about some longer-term goals in this industry. First and foremost, I did receive my automotive technology degree, which helped me out, opened up a lot of doors that wouldn't have been open for me. And so then I went to become a service writer and, and as a mechanical inspector, and ultimately I wound up here as a teacher. So what is your ultimate long-term goal in this industry? Do you want to be a technician your whole career, or do you look at things in big picture standpoint and want to do more than just be a technician? First off, I feel it's important that I state how vital it is for me to set goals for, for my life, long-term and short-term. Um, I found that those are like the stepping stones that get me to my next point and make my dreams more of a reality. And it also gives me courage to kind of step outside of myself and form a good vision for life. I always, every opportunity that I get, I like to mention that I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol. I have a four and a half years clean um, from all drugs. And I'm mentioning this because as far as like an ultimate long time term goal for me, I eventually I want to own and operate a shop to, you know, go a little bit deeper with that. What would be so important to me is to kind of incorporate recovery because it has played such a big part in my life. I kind of like want to work in my community with the people that stood beside me while I was getting well. Um, these are people that were part of my 12-step program that, you know, believed in me and helped me become the woman that I am today. And also, I want to employ the same people as me, the same people that have seen the same struggles, you know, the ones that society may call the unemployable. I want those people working alongside of me to teach them and to help them understand that you do have the ability to live life outside of drugs. 
the important part about this shop is, you know, in my 12-step program, we're taught about, like, integrity, honesty, and, you know, just being reliable. And I think that's something that's so important when it comes to, like, having a tr- a shop that you trust. You want all of those qualities in your shop. And I know that I'm able to give that to whomever may choose to come to my shop and, you know, and teach the same people that are working alongside me that that's what we work under. Wow. Hearing that, Amber, wow, that was really a, a, a nice story that you had there. Congratulations on the sobriety and the recovery. I know that that is a struggle for a lot of people. I also know that giving second chances is also a good thing. You know, we're, we're not perfect people. We all make mistakes. And sometimes getting that second chance or sometimes even a third chance, as long as you make the most of it, is, is very rewarding. And the fact that you can pay it forward because your life has started to turn around, uh, that is commendable. Hearing that you're willing to give people a second chance after you've been given a second chance, that is quite admirable. So guess what? We're going to get off of the serious stuff for a minute now and try to talk about something a little bit fun. On a fun note, is there any specific car that you're a fan of? If you could have any car, what would your dream car be? I am a fan of a specific car. So I guess my dream car, and and this may sound a little bit crazy, but it's just something that I've always loved is the Toyota 4Runner. I um, I guess it's a dream of mine. I kind of want to go out and pick out an old beat up 86 Toyota 4Runner. And I kind of want to build that from um, the ground up. You know, it's a must for me. It must be a manual and it must be a 4x4. The reason I love Toyota so much is they're very reliable vehicles and relatively inexpensive to work on. Okay, you know what, Amber? That really wasn't the answer I was looking for. You're probably the first guest that's going to tell me that a Toyota 4Runner is your dream car. So I'm going to let our audience in on a little secret. You know, I have a dream car. Uh, I grew up, the bulk of my uh, years, my teenage years, were in the 1980s, the greatest decade ever. And also, that was when the greatest show ever was broadcast, Miami Vice. And in Miami Vice, if you were a fan of that show, you got to see a lot of really cool cars. But you know the one that I had on my wall the most? Lamborghini Countach. And if you're not familiar with what that is, Google it. It is a fantastic looking car. Is it impractical? Oh, you bet. Is it expensive to maintain? Absolutely. Is it easy to get parts for? Oh, no, not at all. But if I had unlimited funds, unlimited parts, and everything like that, I would absolutely get a Lamborghini Countach. Not a forerunner, but hey, fun car anyway. So the last question, and I asked this to everybody that's been coming on the show, unless you're living in a cave or unless you have blinders on, you're, you're not seeing this rush by all the automotive manufacturers to get towards self-driving cars. As a matter of fact, we here at Gwinnett Tech are starting a new program for driverless and self-driving vehicles because, hey, that's where the industry's going. But I want to get your opinion. What do you think about when when you see a self-driving car? Is that something that you're you know excited for? Is that something that you would purchase in the future to have? I guess I would have to say I really don't have enough knowledge or information to form a full opinion on self-driving cars. They really do kind of scare me a bit. I don't know if it's my unknowing or the thought that all power and control is being taken away from us. I'm pretty in awe in some of the safety features that they are now putting in some of the newer vehicles. To name a few like blind spot monitoring, automated emergency braking, and lane keeping assist. These are very helpful features. Is it the slow transition to a self-driving car? I'm not sure. I can honestly say I don't have much interest in them. 
I love to drive, and for now, I have no interest in giving into what they call our future. Well, good for you, because I'm glad that there's more people that think the same way that I do. Uh, honestly, that's how I feel. I don't care if it's running to Home Depot or driving my car to and from work every day. I just like driving. And maybe that's because I'm, I'm a gearhead at heart, or I just have an active interest in this industry. The fact of, of turning over complete control to a computer and just getting in a car and saying, okay, take me to work, and I don't have any engagement, yeah, I kind of don't think I really want anything to do with that. Well, Amber, that was really a nice interview. I do appreciate you coming on, spending time with us, and talking about your life a little bit and giving us your perspective on what you kind of see going on around you. I know you were nervous, but that's fine. This doesn't reach too many people yet, so it's not like you're going to be talking to millions of people, but I think people are going to listen to your story and really like it and really look forward to to seeing someone like you prosper in our industry and keep this industry moving for us. Yeah, I just want to thank you so much for having me. This has definitely been a different experience. Not something that I would usually do, but that's one of my favorite things to do is kind of take myself out of my comfort zone. So again, thanks for having me. Well, that concludes this episode. Females, a positive addition to our industry. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our guest, Amber Treadway, about her perspective on being a non-traditional worker in the industry as well as a non-traditional student. I look forward to being able to bring more people that are involved in this industry to this podcast to interview them and get a whole bunch of different views and keep the audience interested. Remember, if you do have any questions or want to find out a little bit more about the college here, visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. But more than anything, more than all we've talked about today and more than all we've covered in every episode, you have to remember one thing moving forward. Technicians keep the world rolling. 